0: If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Use promo code MADNESS50. That's MADNESS50 to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today.
1: Hot! Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, One...
2: Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Happy Libations Friday, loosey goosey edition of the program. Uh, per usual, obviously, I'm Jeff, that's Tom, there's Director Matthew. Things are a bit different today, so you're going to bear with us. Uh, We're upping the ante on the technology. Uh, we've got uh, a roadcaster apiece for those of you that are technically savvy. Tom's at his house, I'm at my house, Director Matthew is in the studio, and we are rolling Big River with an effort to see, just see, if we can get this done this way for when we're on the road. Uh, Basically, it's a trial and error sort of libations Friday, truly loosey-goosey, if you will, uh, because, um, you know, there could be some technical snafus, we'll see if it goes off without a hitch, hopefully it does. If you can see me and you're watching on War Chant TV, good to be with you. Uh, and if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at Show. But uh, yeah, no Florida State game tomorrow. We figured if we were going to screw something up, today would be the day to screw it up if if we had to. Or if we did, the repercussions wouldn't be so grand. How are you, Tommy?
0: I'm doing all right. Just a reminder, this is not the Sunday smash, nor is it the Warchan happy hour. Just because <laughs> we're, we're in our homes, the, the FCC rules do still apply.
2: Yeah, they do, although I will tell you some of the language you fear uh, was uttered under my breath quietly last night while watching the Bucks decide to pack it in and take it to the house and not really worry about the remainder of the game with a full quarter to play because, I don't know, some of us may have had minus 6.5, uh, may have. I don't know, I saw that was an omnipresent uh, Twitter complaint because – uh, the Bucks are up 28-7. That game is over, and the next thing you know, it's 28-22. And not only is it not over, there's a chance that uh, a) you're not going to cover, and b) you could lose. You could lose if you don't convert a couple of third downs. So, you know, don't do that, guys. Don't do the thing where you just decide I don't really feel like playing anymore. Just go score 70 on people and be done with it, because they could have named their score. That was ridiculous and frustrating. That's all right. You got to be a man. You got to be tough when you uh, enter the realm of the uh, the odds?
0: Yeah, well, I was a little bit nervous because I also tweeted out, no, oh, it's a rough night for the Philadelphia fan base. What a damn shame. They're usually so positive. I don't know how they're going to handle this. And Vita via was dancing on the sidelines, and it was everybody was having a good time. I did look down when they showed the replay of Vita dancing, and I thought, there still is a lot of time in this game. I mean, yeah. I don't think anything crazy is going to happen. But crazy things then did happen. You had two penalties for the Bucs that amounted to what? Like 90 yards by themselves? That really aided things. And then the next thing you know, you could tell they had mentally shut down. They were good. They are ready to go into their long week, the pseudo-bye after a Thursday night football game. But uh, it's all right now. Those Thursday night short weeks, man, just get out of there with a win.
2: I say it every year, just get the win, but it is frustrating because they really did come out and look good early, and they did all the things that you thought that they could do, and then they decided to shut it down, but hey, listen, bottom line is, you're right, it's a win, Bucks win, and by the way, we'll have a Scuttlebucks for you on Monday uh, as we uh, kind of look back at that game and then look ahead at what the, what's next on the schedule, so wins win a is win is a win, and you'll take it each and every time. they we've got a big weekend here. I'm actually really excited about the weekend with no responsibilities for Florida State. Guys, just stay healthy, have a good week of practice, everybody is good the recruiting news continues to be good Man, how much do we love Travis Hunter how how, how I mean I know you were on with Michael Langston warchant.com and you guys went through uh, recruits and he's done a good job uh, kind of keeping people updated with what's happening but honestly I don't remember I mean a lot of times you get a five-star kid, you get a kid who is as high profile as he is, as popular as he is on social media, uh, a kid who is who's brash, and I mean that in a good way, a kid who's as confident as he is. It's kind of rare that you're going to run into a guy, though, who's also um, so committed, unwaveringly so, and so i think not only committed to the school but in a way committed to saving and making sure this class stays as impact impactful as it can be um you know by coming out constantly and producing social media posts and uh and and you know talking on instagram and twitter and all the by doing that incessantly i mean you are sending a resounding message to the other members of this class that no man this is where it's at this is where we're going come on with me that kid is already uh, well thought of and already liked and already uh, desperately uh, sought after. But Florida State fans, if this kid ends up staying and committing and this class stays somewhat intact because of his efforts and because of what he's been able to do, he'll be a legend before he ever plays it down here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's probably not the most fair thing in the world uh, to to place that much pressure once he gets here. But, man, he relieves pressure for Knowles fans even when we were losing and he said, you know, we're on four and he goes on IG live. He's like, man, I'm not going anywhere else. It still felt like an okay day because you felt okay about the long-term direction of the program. And in talking to Michael last night, that video is available on Warchant TV, which is where part of this broadcast is being conducted. Uh, he said, I checked in with Florida state yesterday and that would be Thursday. I checked in three or four times in the last 24 hours and everybody still feels fine. It's important to note that if Travis Hunter is visiting Athens and he's going to Sanford Stadium, that's down the road from him. He's not a recruit from Miami, and he's getting right. on a plane, and he's going to Athens twice. It's right down the road, and he gets a chance to watch two games that are essentially number one versus number 10 or 11 in the country. If you got those chances as an unofficial visitor to go take in some football, do it, man. Have yourself a ball and go talk to the other kids about the Knowles while you're out there. I think that's in good taste. You remember way back
2: when, when we started – and back when I used to do it, I follow the Uh, We would have fun at the obsession that fans have with 16 and 17 year old kids. And that was kind of our way of poking fun. while all the while understanding the importance of recruiting, all the while understanding, as I've often said, and everybody else does too, it's the lifeblood of a program. You got to be able to recruit at a high level. But one of the things that we would poke fun at and we would talk about um, is that, you know, the adults would tell kids, Who have the opportunity of a lifetime, many of whom have never traveled, never been outside their hometown, never really seen what it was like uh, around the rest of the country or in other big cities, let's say Um, you would get adults once a kid was talking about going to Florida state who would come out. And this is true of all schools where you have the, the the fringe lunatic fringe where they would, they didn't want kids to take any other visits. And I know that's true even for some coaches around the country who, when they get a kid committed, they don't want them to take other visits. I used to say to that nonsense, nonsense. Now, Look, if a kid's committed to Florida State, would I prefer he decide to shut it down and not go visit anybody else? Sure, that'd be nice. Do I begrudge him if he doesn't no because again a lot of times it's 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 little farm towns it's it's small communities it's kids that have never seen the world man if i if i was if I had been any good Tom, and got recruiting offers or excuse me which in scholarship offers to say, uh, like some of my peers did, you know, Notre Dame and USC and Oklahoma and Michigan, in addition to Florida state, if I I had been that good, I would have gone to all five of those visits, regardless if I had already made up my mind, just because when are you ever going to get to travel like that again? When are you ever going to get to see those kinds of places? So it never bothers me. I just like, in this case, that, on the heels of all of the hoopla and 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 stuff we saw with Kirby visiting and all that kind of stuff, my man is still saying, "Yeah, look, man, I may go to the game, I may go do these things, but I am 100% committed to Florida State. That's
0: huge. So if he wants to go take all his visits, go take all his visits." Yeah, I could tell you, and and you had this experience too in the locker room where you saw William Floyd's mail. You know, mail oh, time it was
2: awesome. Yeah,
0: it was a very different experience than mail time for most everybody else. Uh, yeah. My buddy AJ in high school. We were in the same homeroom in junior year and I remember him filling out paperwork for I guess it was official visits but you saw the letterhead and that's that's changed now I'm sure it's all on your phone but I saw the letterhead for Michigan and it's like you know 7:30 in the morning the first bells in 15 minutes and he's just doodling on a piece of paper I'm like what is that he goes that's my official visit to Michigan I'm like oh my god yeah. I mean, and he wasn't ever going to Michigan. He was originally committed to Notre Dame and he ended up going to Miami. Michigan wasn't a second. I mean, he just wanted to go see. He's like, I got to go see the big house. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Absolutely, you should. And the thing is, it takes a special breed of player, a special type of player to want to go to a place that's less stable and he wants to be the guy who turns it around. You could say in some ways it's more egomaniacal and in other ways it's more selfless. But I'm glad that we have those kids because also. The Q&A that went up yesterday that you referenced on the show with A.J. Duffy. A.J. Duffy's saying all the right things as well, which is, I want to turn this place around. I want to be a reason that Florida State is a place that will pack the house week in and week out all the time. You've got to find those kids. You don't want the kids that want to take the easy road. You want the kids that want to work a little bit harder. And that's what it seems like we found T-minus two months until early signing day. And it would be
2: the first time that I can recall that Florida State's actually benefited from an early signing period, getting these kids in early. I mean, it never happens for us for a variety of reasons. Well, first of all, it wasn't instituted until recently. And so you don't have um, the situation where Florida State was in flux, and and it's really been tough to 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 win during that period. This would be a huge win for Mike Norvell and his staff, and it'd be a huge win for the fans who've really never seen us uh, rewarded with an early signing period class that gets us all excited, that has us, you know, okay, we've got the, you know, it's no longer verbal. They're in. We're ready to go. Let's go. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I also know this. It does take a special person to decide to go to a school that is really laboring, that has really struggled to, to garner wins when you have offers to Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and any school in the country uh, that you want to go to. I also think it's interesting because – you know, I don't know how you find those kids other than you, maybe you get a little lucky. You get a kid who's always grown up a fan or something like that, or he's a legacy kid or something. But I got to imagine those conversations had to have been very interesting because I think you're built different if you if you think that way. I I, I think you are. I mean, I again, we talked about this a lot yesterday, but I'll bring it back up because I think it's applicable here. Jermaine Johnson, um, you know, again, I asked him face to face, why would... Why you could have gone anywhere. Why did you choose to come to Florida State? And he did point to Mike Norvell and talked about he appreciated the honesty and the approach when he put his name in the transfer portal, how it was that Mike reached out to him and didn't give him any grandiose visions of them winning the ACC or winning championships or anything like that, that he challenged him to work hard, that he said, he, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to be hard on you, but you got a chance to really lead and help flip this program. And that appealed to him. And I immediately thought, man, that makes you truly special. That makes you unique. You got one year to play and you you want to come here and help change the culture, it's different when you're a kid and you're going to be here for three years, maybe four, um, and you have the opportunity to come in and say, no, now I know you're one, I, I'm going to be counted on. To not only come in and make an impact on the field, but I've got to make an impact in the locker room. I've got to be the cornerstone of this class. I got to be the reason that kids are excited to come to Florida State, and then I got to see it through. I got to be here when we lose six games or we lose five games or whatever whatever the total might be. It's certainly not going to be an instantaneous we're, we're back to eleven and one type stuff. I mean, that's not going to happen right away. So, uh, you know that that is a long term vision you're committing to when you're sixteen or seventeen years old. That. That is really, really rare, truly remarkable, and something that if you could bottle, you could figure out how kids are, are that way and then kind of what it was that appealed to him and then use that pitch for other kids down the road who are uber-talented who would maybe be considering your school in, in the midst of a rebuild. I, I, I'm i sure they've learned a lot from him as well.
0: Yeah, well, and these are the guys that I was happy for, even the Syracuse win, which was ugly a couple of weeks ago, and, and we didn't even know at the time that – Certainly, we didn't know that North Carolina was coming. like It was a surefire win. But when it was that bad and and we messed up so many times down the stretch and still found a way, I was happy for players like Jermaine Johnson, like players that want to be a part of the solution because they're not going to be here for the 10-win or or 11-win seasons or runs to the college football playoff or whatever it is. So go ahead and celebrate that day because if this thing goes the way we think it's going to go long term, We're going to look back and thank you guys even more. We're going to love you guys even more. But for the now, these are the players that help turn things around. The funny thing is we always point to a player like LaMarcus Joyner or a guy like Timmy Jernigan, Telvin Smith, for saying yes to Florida State and being a part of the change. They got to see it through. The difference in this case for a player like Jermaine is he's not ever going to see it through. In fact, it's going to be uh, years. It's going to be years between the time that he finishes here and we get to where we want to go. But I hope when that time comes, when he shows up for an alumni weekend or the spring football game at halftime after he's retired, he gets the ovation he deserves because he's going to be one of those reasons that we get to where we want to go. He's not going to be a reason that we were held back. He's going to be a reason that we push forward.
2: Yeah, well, I think he's a guy that a lot of people have already fallen in love with because we've had no production from the position ever for a a very long time. And my man now is a threat uh, on every passing down uh, to make plays. I also think it's just about how hard he plays. Uh, You know, I think we underestimate the impact a singular player can have in a football team. Uh, The game itself is rightfully described as the ultimate team game, but I do think individual players in particular, uh, you know, obviously athletic freaks, but guys that are committed both physically on the field and then mentally all the stuff they do to prepare to, 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 have success you can really change culture with one or two guys like that. So there's no way that many years from now when he comes back and things have been righted that people won't forget that. I, I just think most people see it. I think that it's, it's really something that uh, people admire because we've wanted to be around people like that in our work life. we wanted yeah. to be, around, you know, we've had bosses, right. That, that you've either looked up to or absolutely uh, had great disdain for. And it, it had to do with leadership skills.
0: It Yeah, you know, it does. It, it, some guys lead by example. Some guys are fiery. It, it's all – everybody has their own thing, but as long as you're true to who you are, it, it's going to work out. I, I will tell you, though, last night watching the Bucks game, internally, just in here, the highest compliment for Jermaine Johnson was when Shaq Barrett ran down three or four plays. I mean, remember, he went sideline to sideline on Hertz at least twice last night, and there was another tackle he made. I think it was on a screen where the pursuit had to have been thirty yeah. yards. I, I looked at that play, and I thought – my man's running out there like Jermaine Johnson. He's not giving up on anything. And it's not that Shaq Barrett's never done that before, but it speaks to the level of of commitment in the big picture and then the level of effort on the field itself that uh, 11 has brought here to Tallahassee. That I'm watching a pro game last night. I'm like, he's got a motor like 11 does. That's yeah. not
2: yeah, it's pretty cool to compare a, a star in the NFL to a guy that's on our team. It's been a while since we've had some players that are akin to that. I do think, though, as we as we get into the Libations Friday, the Lucy Goosey edition of the show, and we talk a little bit about how nice it is to be able to sit back and just watch a little football and not worry about Florida State, I, I have thought long and hard about what's still possible because it seems every day on the chat we get a question uh about what's possible with the record everybody wants to know now that they won two straight games what's possible with the record and all i'll say is that for 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 me how healthy they can get is everything so this buy is huge because that offensive line is an entirely different animal when those three guys play i'm talking about center and tackle and tackle we both know who we're talking about there and by the way it's good to see it took um you know it took uh half the year but we one of our guards got in shape and is now impactful on a weekly basis as well. So all of a sudden, if you get their health, you're up to four guys that you trust? Four yeah.
1: that you feel
0: pretty good about? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I was impressed with what Bavion did when he came into the game last Played week. Played well. When DLT went down, and we know that DLT is not at 100%. I think we can, Now that he's been banged up, I think we can shed some light on what we saw in fall camp, which is when he was finally enlisted back into the fold. He was running with the twos. Because he had to get into football shape, and he was also working around injury issues. And they persist. And that holds him back from being the player that he was last year, which is your Swiss army knife, all-everything offensive lineman. But with on coming in, initially I was worried. Is this going to work, or are we just going to be a sieve up the middle? Man, he road-graded a couple of suckers every once in a while. So, And if you do that every once in a while, you're ahead of the curve here with us. I know that North Carolina is not a world beater, and I think that's the thing we're going to have to challenge ourselves to remember over the next couple of weeks because UMass isn't going to challenge you on that level. So just remember that North Carolina win is a solid win, a solid-ass win, the likes of which we haven't had in some time here, but they're not like Clemson would be at peak efficiency. It's not like they're a top 15 team every year in and out. So just remember that as we're going forward. But even still, a win over anybody who's in the Power Five for our offensive line is a, is a significant win because we just don't do that recently. I have to tell
2: you that it warms my heart to see our friends, David Hale and Andrea Adelson, uh, penning articles today. Why Clemson is struggling and why they shouldn't panic. Reading the quotes in those articles suggests to me they are in fact panicking just a little bit. And would would we have said before this season began that Alabama – would lose the game to Texas A&M and look absolutely mortal uh, as first revealed by Florida, that Clemson would lose to NC State, lose to Georgia, average just over 14 points a game if you remove the South Carolina State game from the resume, Would we have said that Ohio State would lose at home to Oregon? It just reminds me that the weekends have been wrought with surprise and upset and fun and chaos. And and that's true even of the class of football, right? The, The teams that you wouldn't have expected. The only team that's been immune to that is Georgia. And so as we look at the slate this weekend, do we say... Maybe it's Georgia's time to, to have a close call. I don't think so. I don't think Kentucky's quite there yet, but we do have the potential for it. We do have – got to wonder at some point whether or not that happens because JT Daniels is not playing in this game. Uh, it's another – it's not quite the park your ass Saturday that last weekend was, um, but there are four or five really fun matchups. And, of course, that includes – and I was asked about it before I came on here, Tom uh, – my unwavering support for Utah.
0: Oh well, yes. Uh, we know that that's a, a headline game in your household. It'll be on TV one.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: on 10 o'clock at night. We could all be watching together. Everybody can. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. Let's do a watch along on WarChan TV. Isn't that what we were going to do? Just a live watch along and see the debauchery that took place during the day.
2: I don't think anybody wants to hear you or me. Uh, Ten fifteen kickoff on a Saturday on a game in which the Knolls on a weekend in which the Knolls didn't play. I
0: <laughs> I hesitate. But I, I guess I reluctantly agree with you. I, I guess so. I think yeah. there are more surprises in store, too. Not necessarily outright upsets this weekend, but maybe some scores where you go, wait a minute, is that going to happen? Right. Like, right. I'll tell you, man, I got a weird feeling that Kentucky's going to be game. Not to win, but to stay in the game longer than Arkansas did, certainly. I think they yeah. might be in that game. If you look at some of the advanced metrics, Kentucky is a more complete team than Arkansas. And yet... Vegas says that Kentucky is a worst matchup for Georgia. I'm not so sure that that's the right play. We'll see. I know you didn't touch on Redemption Thursday, but at 3.30, I'm at least going to keep an eye on that game to see if it continues to be interesting beyond, I don't know, three drives, which is how long it took for that Arkansas game to be over a few weeks ago.
2: Yeah, it's too big a number, man. Too big a number. All right, so the grand experiment has been fun so far. We're going to try to keep it together. We'll uh, roll on now with Jeff Cameron show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and, you know, some uh, roadcasting.
1: The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com.
2: Baited breath the guts to go. The crisscross in the continent. Loosey goosey edition of the program, Libations Friday. Great to be with you. I'm Jeff. There's Tom in the little windows if you're watching on War Chant TV. We're not in the studio. We're broadcasting on the road today. So isn't technology grand? Hopefully this will continue to work. I should be seeing very soon our friend Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, set to join us. Ah, there he is. I see him down in the corner. All right. First time that we've been able to do this uh and and really first time i've ever done this from the house lee how are you brother
3: i'm good i'm good uh good like see seeing you. all your
2: stuff behind there yeah uh, i got my dude. buck at the lightning yeah what's what's with the pins so that's a charity bowling tournament we do every year and i think this one was just uh from when we uh we might have actually finished in the top three which would have been a herculean uh victory for us because tom and i suck at bowling I thought maybe you bowled like a 300 game or or something. Oh, no, 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 no Lee.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No chance, my friend, no chance. How many many birthday parties did you go to when you were younger that were bowling parties?
2: Oh, man, I I love to bowl. You'd think I'd be better. I mean, we're relatively the same age, aren't we, Lee? So I think that was frequent. That was what it was back in the day. Right, right. And the only thing better was he – was the ice skating or the roller skating parties, you know. Roller skating parties were huge in St. Petersburg when I was there. We would have roller skating parties all the time. And, and as you got older, when you got into middle school, you knew that girl was going to be there. So you didn't oh. want to fall on your face and embarrass yourself. Okay. So the one song, one song
3: I heard every single Friday or Saturday night, the roller skating or ice skating, Dreamweaver. Am I correct? <laughs>
2: <laughs> am, I, am I right? <laughs> You are dating yourself perfectly. Yeah, yeah they turn the lights out. They yeah, would have right. the yeah, the stars all over the I, floor. I think, I, think yeah.
3: I got my first, second, third, and fourth kiss uh, at the
2: roller skating rink. So I'm picturing Lee Sterling driving down the road in Miami and Dreamweaver yeah. comes on and you flash back to being in seventh grade right. and Katie Smith's kiss. The <laughs> only thing that's worse, the only thing that's worse, was I, had, I, I think we had
3: a, a reunion in my high school and I had two girls tell me, Oh my God! I always wanted to get with you during middle school or high school. I'm like, why didn't you let me
2: know? <laughs> yes. Oh, the what could have been's are what right. men spend uh, the rest right. of their life post marriage wondering. Yes, right. that's true. All right. Yeah. You went. Uh, you you did well again last week. Let's get to the games this yeah. week. It's uh I, your canes are looking more and more. Like a team that Florida State could beat later this year, buddy. I mean, it's starting to turn it on its head. Uh, but then again, North Carolina looks like a team that is disinterested as well. Is this a battle of teams that don't feel like playing much? And by the way, Carolina is, uh, is given seven and a half. Here's what's interesting. And, and I, I, I was laughing to
3: myself. I'm watching your game last week. And I watched it twice. North Carolina looks like Miami, but with a little better quarterback. I mean – What's amazing is they lose Chaz Surratt. That was it on defense. They've got a few things, no major injuries. Am I right? Mm-hmm. They can't tackle. Their linebacker's taking some of the worst angles I've ever seen. They fall for every fake. Their offensive line, which returned intact, is awful now. Uh, you know, it just happens with Mac Brown. Whenever Mac Brown, the expectations are
2: high, I'm telling you this, he falls flat on his face. And I think – didn't they sign him to an extension, too? Well, I'm in full agreement with Mac Brown, and I have told you about this before for years. I used to make fun of him at Texas all the time. So watching this play out is not surprising, and it is hilarious. And I don't know if they did or not. I just know that he looked disinterested as well. It didn't look like there was a lot of kumbaya over there on that sideline. They did not play hard in that fourth quarter. No, they didn't. Uh,
3: So I think – the way to play this game, I'm going to take, I'm going to lay the seven and a half. I think it's a trap. People will take Miami coming off a bye. They'll be prepared. I'm hearing it was the worst week since going back to the end of the Al Golden era and also the end of the Randy Shannon era. I'm hearing a lot of older guys who are getting playing time, playing, you know, 50, 60 plays. Now we're playing five, eight, 10 plays or, you know, a little upset. So I think the only way that Miami stays in this game is if they get up on top early. So I'm gonna play the seven and a half and take North Carolina. I think they win this game something like forty to seventeen. But if you like Miami, the only way to play it is money line. That's it. Just play them to straight up win the game. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. because you're getting plus two thirty plus two forty.
2: No, I like you're, it. I you're like it. The They're not losing by three or four or seven points. They lose, okay. it's gonna be ugly. I think we've figured Miami out. You certainly have. It's if They're, they're either going to win the game or they're just going to get their ass beat. Right. That's <laughs>
3: your <right. No laughs> uh, nice way of putting it.
2: Yeah. Cincinnati is uh, obviously, at this point, a team that wants to play for style points. They want to continue to dominate people. They ran away and hid from Temple. I thought that would be a better game. I took the 29. I was a fool. Uh, now they've, they've laid a huge number against UCF, given 21. Thoughts on this one? I agree with you. So all they got to do is win out, and they're going to be in the top four. I mean, Mm
3: -hmm. their defense is really good. I mean, they don't get a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback, but their linebackers and DBs are really good in coverage. They break on the ball. So they're trained correctly. It just shows you these aren't four- and five-star guys. If you get guys and you coach them up, you can have a really good defense and have a good team. I actually don't think their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, has played his best ball. I think right. he can he can get better here. UCF, without Dylan Gabriel, their backup, I, I mean, he looks like a glorified high school quarterback. I mean, there's nothing left. I mean, there's no running backs that scare you. There's no receivers that scare you. There's no team in the country that's had a bigger fall off as far as talent in the last three years here.
2: Blowout City, Cincinnati 48-17. Big win, another impressive win for Cincinnati. Oklahoma survives Red River in miraculous fashion. Uh, Obviously, it's a situation where that can buoy you. Lee, I wanted to ask you about this. I'm so glad we're able to do this because I don't remember a time, and and I know you've got an encyclopedic knowledge, especially of quarterbacks because that's a position you played. Have you ever – can you remember a time when a guy was a bona fide Heisman favorite thought to be projected perhaps a first round pick early and that he loses his job within six games to a freshman? Can you remember that ever happening? I can't remember it. I'm sure it's happened,
3: but not in the last 25, 30 years. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's a combination of things. I think the kid was overhyped. Think that, um, his, his the rest of his surrounding cast has not played great either, let's be honest. But he's not making great decisions. I think he's one of these kids, it just has such a high expectation of himself. He thinks he's better than he actually is. He's got nice tools. You know, anyone can get back and throw the football. Anyone, I've seen guys kickers. I've, I, I've gone out in fields and seen guys kick the balls, kick 60, 65, 70 yard field goals. They get in the game. Uh, uh, we had a kicker in my high school could kick 65 yard field goals. But he gets in a game, he would kick it sideways. He was so nervous. So I just don't think for some reason, I don't think he's the smartest tool in the shed and think he's lost confidence now. If he was smart, he would do a Jalen Hurts. He would stick it out, show that he's a man, and play the rest of the year like Hurts did. And then if you want to transfer, transfer somewhere else. But if you leave now... You know, Hertz ended up being a second round pick. He's a starter in the NFL. He leaves in the middle of the year. I don't think anyone touches him in the top three or four rounds. So uh, I, I like TCU's offense. They've converted over 55% of their third down conversions here. Their defense is horrible. I mean, tackling is optional here, but they've lost six straight. I think they come to play. I can't lay 13 and a half points in Oklahoma. I like, I like Oklahoma to win the game 47 43. That's what they do, they escape every game, but TCU covers.
2: I like to pick Georgia's giving a whopping twenty three and a half. It depends on when you got this game earlier yeah. in the week. I mean, hell, you could have got it uh, right when it came out at over 24, which right. is crazy to me because I think that Kentucky team is good on the line of scrimmage, Lee. I, I, I'm not saying Kentucky's going to win the game. No, I don't think they will. Uh, but I think Mark Stoops has done a good job. Uh Will Levis comes in at quarterback and gives you a competent arm down the field. They want to run the ball and they want to play good defense. Uh Georgia continues to steamroll people, and I don't know how Kentucky's gonna score in this game, but that's a big number. Do you like Georgia to cover that 23 and a half? I do.
3: I, mm-hmm. I, I think someone might down the road be able to go toe-to-toe with Georgia, but not right now. Uh they'd have to take some injuries or some other team would have to come out of nowhere. Also, a couple injuries, the best two defensive linemen for Kentucky out for this game. So it's not like Kentucky's real deep there either. So, you know, they fall behind in this game, 14-17, nothing. Now, Mark Stoops may, you know, not want to let it get out of hand. He's not one of these guys that's going to throw every single down once he gets down by two touchdowns. But still going to have to start passing the ball every other down at that point. And they're not a real good passing team. Let's be honest. You know, they're better than they were the last couple of years with Wilson, at quarterback, but um, still nothing special. And I think they've gotten the most out of Chris Rodriguez. I mean, I think they've kind of tapped out this offense. Trust me, Mark Stoops, his agent, not Mark Stoops, but his agent is talking to LSU and Miami right now. I can guarantee you, maybe even USC. I don't don't think he's USC material, but I don't think he'd go there. But he'd love to to come to Miami. He'd love to go to LSU. And I think he's going to be a little distracted here. I like Georgia thirty-seven-seven. Bottom line is he'd like to get the hell out of Kentucky. I agree. Well, Baltimore. He's, he's <laughs> never, is he? How many? How many times in the next decade he's going to be six and zero,
2: seven and zero? Maybe one Lee, more time. Lee, a few years ago when they won, I think it was ten games. Yeah. I I was saying on the air if Mark is smart, he is telling yeah. his agent, "Get me out of here. I'm never going to do better than that. I'm right. never going to." I mean, and he's done a great job. You got to give him a lot of credit. Right. But I, I mean, agree. It, there's a ceiling at Kentucky. Cash um, in, cash in before you lose by fifty points. <laughs> you got to ride. You got to ride. All right, Baltimore's given yeah. three and a half to the Chargers. People may look at that and raise their eyebrows. Or do I have that number wrong? It's right. That, that's uh, that's here, here's the deal. Odd. Here's the deal about Baltimore. It's tough to
3: go against great quarterbacks, and I hate to go against great quarterbacks. I don't do it often. But Justin Herbert, if he's not the leader right now for the MVP, he's second or third. So you got two of the top three quarterbacks right now, the way they're playing in the NFL. If they were to do a vote on who would win the MVP, the supporting cast for Baltimore, it's Mark Andrews. And that's it. There's no receiver you fear. There's no running back. So you got Derwin James, one of the top two, three safeties in the game. He's going to match up on Andrews a bunch. He can probably limit him to three, four, five catches. He doesn't go for eight, 10 catches, I think they win. And also Baltimore's about three of the top four defense, uh defensive backs in this game. So uh too many weapons here for the Chargers. Uh Chargers play better away from home. <laughs> more of a more of a more of a friendly crowd to them. I mm-hmm. like the Chargers. Super Chargers, 28-24, and they're healthy.
2: First time yeah. in players. They're a fun team to watch. I love your game of the week. Tell folks how they can get NC State minus three against Boston College. Good game here. It's wide open. I mean, we could see. A
3: Wake Forest Pit ACC Championship game. Might be 10,000 people there, great seats available. Yeah. <laughs> Might be able to yeah. Pick up. You remember that back in the day when the Bucks
2: were bad? My brother oh, yeah. lived in
3: Tampa for a couple years. We used to walk up and pick up 5 and
2: $10 seats. Oh, yeah. No, remember I, I remember it I remember it vividly, Lee. Yes, yeah. I do.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, they want to get that game, just call 800 400 9741. 800 400 9741. We'll hand you the NC State uh, game against Boston College. Got a strong feeling on that game. You want to hop on board if you're not already with us in the football. 247, it's locktober, three weeks of football selections. We do hockey. Now, you're probably laughing hockey, Lee Sterling. I have someone who does it for me. This kid is a savant. He graduated law school. I tracked his plays for a year. Go to covers.com, type in hockey last 365 days. We doubled double the next closest guy and there's some guys there MIT grads he smoked them now I oversee everything and I might tell him once in a while take this game off lighten up on this game but uh, no one's close to us Uh, NBA we had a great year last year we do great in the UFC everything's up and available check us out paramountsports.com
2: love it brother it's good to talk to you, man. good to see you as well have a great weekend you too take care That's Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. He's great and uh, has been with us now for, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, Hey, listen, that's what they say, right? That's great leadership. Uh, Lee Sterling's admitted to you he could not handicap hockey, so he went and found somebody who can. That's what you do. You
0: surround yourself (laughs) with the people who know what you don't. I like that he came with the receipts too. He said, go to Covers.com. You don't believe me? Go check it out. It's I cool. go to
2: covers.com all the time. There are a lot of guys there. You can really pit against each other and you can see who's hot, and everybody has their ups and downs. It's a, you know, most of us uh, sporting guys or gals, Tom, uh, are well aware of uh, all of those ki- types of sites <laughs> and, and who's on them. Those are good sites to know about. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
1: The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network.
2: So, I, you know, it's interesting to listen to Lee talk about Mark Stoops being distracted. I didn't think about that angle, Tom, because here's the thing. I, I, that's not crazy to start thinking about. They're 6-0. That ranking is uh, obviously a surprise for a lot of people who, who came into this season, certainly expecting Kentucky to be at best third or fourth place in the East. They got a chance. Uh, well, I guess in theory they have a chance to win the East. They won't. But um, Mark's got to look around. And uh, we all know the the singular super agent that represents every single SEC coach. Uh, you know, when you've got a guy who has his finger on the pulse of whatever's going to happen at LSU and wherever there are going to be other changes, yeah. I mean, I imagine Mark is a hot client right now. I love playing the game though, Tom, of coaches and how they fit. You know, you know, Lee mentioned something about USC and Mark not being a uh, a good fit there. Oh, completely agree it matters. Your personality matters. Uh, Where you're from, what you're accustomed to, uh, whether or not you would acclimate well, all those things uh, seriously matter. So no, of course, Mark is not a, I, I don't think from a lack of acumen standpoint, but Mark is not a candidate for USC. That wouldn't move the folks in Los Angeles. And I don't think Mark wants to live in Los Angeles, but where he would be a good candidate, I think because they know that he can build a program now. That's what he's proven at Kentucky is that he can build a program. LSU would work. I don't know that the fans there would be overly excited. He may not be sexy enough, but it would work. And for Miami, I guess. I mean, I guess that would work. You do have sort of a a, a stay the course kind of guy, and Miami's going to need somebody who's a stay the course kind of guy.
0: Yeah, I, I think Miami is the best fit, and there isn't a close second place because he also had connections. Remember when he was uh, the defensive coordinator here? Miami was his territory. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Eddie Grant and James Coley headed up. You know, they split the counties up. Uh, Dade and Broward and all the others that they split the state. But Mark presided over that, and he has connections down through his time uh, back down there with the U at man. It just, it, I think that's the right fit given that they're a program that operates with less. Mark Stoops has proven at Kentucky that he can make more from less. And I think that's where the fit is really nice. LSU, I don't know that he's, for lack of a better term, I, I don't know that he's animated enough. I, I feel like that program, I know that had Nick Saban and he was a curmudgeon, but I don't know that that program fits with a stoic coach. I think you need somebody who's a little bit more flavorful. Miami, yeah, just... you could say that about Miami as a fa- as a town, but uh, look, their fan base needs somebody who can be steady Eddie. I, I think it's a nice fit in Coral Gables for Mark.
2: Yeah, they, Miami wants just anybody, anybody who can win consistently. So at this point, they really can't afford to be uh... – too worried about personality types they got to find a guy who can be steady Eddie and I think Mark is that I will say this the LSU job it's so funny because we talk about it all the time I know it's a quick segment here and we'll go to break after this but you know when we start talking about candidates for the LSU job I start with Joe Brady it's the first call I make I'm calling uh, Carolina and I'm saying come on man uh, you made us you made us great again, and and we want you here and come on back. It's a it's a beautiful marriage. You know what it's like here. You know what the culture is like. You know what the hell you know some of the kids that are on this team because you help bring them in. Um, you know I, I would do that, but if he says no, I do think he turned to Jimbo Fisher and throw a hail mary to see if he because it's been Jimbo's dream job.
0: It would make me laugh. I don't think so. Um, yeah. but but it's been his dream job. Oh, you'd be crazy to not make him say no if Brady tells you no. Just you yeah. got to make him say it. You know, and it might be that he says, look, I've got all the resources I possibly can't can do. do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Now's not the right time. Fine. But I would force the issue, force his hand. As for Miami, though, yeah, I think, wouldn't it be interesting to see Mark Stoops and Jimbo Fisher on the schedule next year? That would be bizarre. Yeah, You're talking we, about all the I, normal connections. Yeah, no,
2: it, w- it would be weird. But uh, I, I do have a suspicion we may see Mark Stoops down there in Miami. It's the Jeff Cabin Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
1: The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com.
2: Tom and I can first guess concerns about a game for next year. And it was elevated last night. Don't know if you saw it, Tom, but uh, earlier—well, I should say, I shouldn't say last night. It was actually on Tuesday. Uh, Louisiana forty-one, Appalachian State thirteen. Did you catch that?
0: Uh, I didn't catch it actually as it was going, but I'm paying attention to the Raging Cajuns, and I see that they're in November. I think they're locked in for the game before Florida next year. Like, so are you kidding me?
2: November the 19th, seven days before you play Florida. Mm. Yeah, man, the 2022 schedule may start with a dud in the form of Duquesne, but it's going to end with Louisiana ranked and then followed by Florida here. And you have to hope that in a year where you also play LSU, you have a healthy team because you, for whatever reason, scheduled – one of the better group of five teams that really play defense.
0: So Here's what's frustrating is this is a trend that's just going to continue. You've got LSU and Louisiana next year, but then you've got Georgia, Alabama on the horizon. I believe it's Alabama first, then Georgia. And then beyond that, you've got Notre Dame mixing into the schedule. We need the college football playoff to expand because when we get good enough, to make it, I don't know that our schedule is going to be conducive to going 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 just because our out of conference. We got unlucky with Louisiana, but our out of conference in general is just extremely aggressive, unnecessarily so, sir.
2: 2023, you have out of conference games against LSU again. That yeah. one will be over there at the Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Then it's Southern Miss, North Alabama, and of course Florida every year. In 2024, as we gauge the rebuild, Florida State plays Memphis. Florida State plays Notre Dame. They also play uh, Charleston Southern. They play Florida. It's not until okay, – 2024 is the year.
0: We're going to get it done that year. That's the one.
2: By the way, 2025. So you gotta get you got to get right by 2025. 2025 is, the, is when you play Alabama, if you were wondering.
0: All right. So, so the Alabama schedule won't be the same year as Notre Dame. That's nice to know. Yeah. We get them in a year where we don't play Alabama. But then we play Alabama for two, and then Georgia for two. I mean, geez, dude. Well, I, listen, twenty twenty five is a long ways off.
2: That gives you time to get this thing righted. I'm more concerned about sort of these out of conference games. I'm, whatever with LSU, we'll see. They're a mess right now. But man, you and I first guessed this. We were talking about this the other, like, really two weeks ago.
0: Louisiana, not who you schedule before you play Florida. That's just not what you do. I'm sure at the time of scheduling, they weren't really raging in that Cajun universe. But now, man, they're raging all over the place. Damn it, man. And they love defense. They love to play defense. Hour number two,
2: forthcoming, Ninety-three-three. Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hang in on a loosey-goosey. Live Asians Friday.